It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. It's February 5th, 2024. William Hooker is our guest. The topic is Sonny Chirac. This is part two of three parts. If you didn't hear part one, I'm going to suggest you go and start with that one. But if you're here and you're ready to rip it, let's dive in. Man, that groove just felt like it could just keep riding out into the sunset, didn't it? That was live music from Sonny Schrock. I'll tell you about in a moment. But first, you should know this is WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD, WKCR.org on the web worldwide. Or maybe you're listening to the Deep Focus podcast. This show is available free, ad-free, free-free. And uh, anywhere you go, you could take it with you. It's... um, Deep Focus. You can find it on your phone or wherever you listen. If you don't find it, you can always go to the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And if you go there, you will find literally hundreds of episodes, hundreds of hours of programming, very much much like this, some with my guest, William Hooker. And uh, Thank you so much, Mitch. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You were, Were you feeling that? Yes, I was feeling it. And I was also feeling another, because I said I wanted to hold my question uh, till we got on the air. My question to yourself and many of the listeners is, we see, we see how great Sonny Murray, I mean Sonny Murray, we see how great Sonny Chirac can play. And we see what he's involved in. He's involved in the early parts of the knitting factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And we also see, because of the history that he's gone through and who he's played with and where he's been, we know he has the skills to stay on the scene, be on the scene, and be very prominent on the scene. Greater than many of these quote-unquote guitarists that are out there now. My question when I heard that rhythm was, what is the racial problem that these people have with making Sonny Chirac a second-tier person that is almost unknown, and some of the people that are known can't play half as well, but they happen to be white? Why is that? What What is that about in terms of? And I'm asking. I'm asking. <laughs> The the you know the listening audience too. I want you to really seriously consider that. I mean, Sonny Chirac is if you really look him up, they tell you throughout this music, throughout this entire period of this music, this guy is the man. He could play. This is no joke. And all these people, I'm looking and I'm seeing who's famous, who's making money who's playing every place, who's getting all these records, and I'm and I'm I'm just straight out asking like what is the racial shit that's going I'm sorry. What is the racial thing that is going on here? Because obviously because it's part of that. It's part of that and it's very hurtful and it's very obvious. It's really obvious. So, what are your thoughts about that? My thoughts. Uh, yeah, and Rachel's <laughs> as well. I mean, Sid, this is a this is a thing. Yeah. I mean, well, because, you know, yeah. What do you thought? I 
don't have any ready answers to that question, William. It's very, you know, here's what I can do. I can come up here for three hours every couple of weeks and play some great music. I and know. I have the luxury of not having to Deal participate that. in that conversation. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very real topic. There's, there are lots of great musicians of many stripes that don't get their due. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy when I can do a little tiny something to tilt against that and have people like you come up here and play some great music. I, if it sounds like I'm dodging the question. It's, it's a question. It's a very real question. It's a major question. And I'll tell you, it's a very bothersome question. Because for a long time, Sonny Chirac did not play at all. And if you really look at the documentation on Sonny Chirac, they keep coming up with these things like underrated, under this, under that. And I'm asking, who are these people that are making these categories? And who are these people that make it possible for a Sonny Chirac to make an to make a record like after this make a record like ask the ages and who is on that record as opposed to who's on these records and when you hear a groove like that one that's for real and, and it's black I'd be by, I'd be perfect straight out straight out that's what it is hmm. all of a sudden it's ask the ages. I'm asking the ages, what's up? I'm seriously asking that question because <laughs> Sonny Chirac, what I saw, this is part of the offshoot of what I saw on East 3rd Street. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it goes into this thing where maybe he can pay the rent, maybe he can do these things, maybe he can have a band, maybe not. But there's something in there when I think about the people like I I was thinking of choosing and and I was thinking, hmm, something's wrong with this. And I'm not gonna name names, but I was looking in my record collection and who was recent and you know, how much they probably got got for these records, all this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, people. I'm just throwing it out there. And if anybody can correct that, please correct it. Because I'm I'm really past asking the question, because it's it's getting a little bit silly. It's getting silly, actually. Well, you when know. you to me, when you hear an artist like Sonny Chirac, yes, the voice, his expression just comes through so clearly. It's so fully formed. His tone, his everything yeah. about what he's doing is kind of of a piece. And there's in, isn't any question about it there isn't i don't think he's um trying to trying to please anybody other than the muse that's calling him that's what i hear what do you think well i think that uh when people when people ask him about certain things some of the questions some of the answers that he gives are a little bit more down to earth than we are talking about right now he was remarkably down to earth. That's right. All the time. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you only live once. 
Yeah. And if you have this sort of greatness inside of yourself and you're documenting it and you're making other people feel good about it, I think that there are certain questions that people don't want to answer that they should start answering because this guy deserved a little bit more than he got in this life. I got to say that. I think that's There's true. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, you know, and I just look at my own record collection and I just look at that's what I did. That's what me and Donna did. We actually were looking and we were saying, wow, what is this? What is this? Well, I'll, I'll say this that Sonny Chirac in particular, I knew him for maybe a little less than the last decade of his life. He died very young, which is also really heartbreaking. Um, I think he was 53, 54, something right. when he died. And he, um, but during those years, I saw a huge ascendance of his popularity and people's awareness of him. I don't think he got what he deserved, but. Because um, you know the guitar. Yeah. The guitar's all over the place. Very true. But you the guitar know. Guitar's all over the place, right? But, you, you know, know, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. But, um,. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if we really want to go into talking about right, it. We won't. We won't. We won't. No, All right, I mean, then, I, you not know. from a, a racial perspective, just of like how <clears throat> music is, what people's yeah. understanding is of the function of music in their lives. I mean, you have to go to some real root level stuff to bring people around to that idea. And, um, you know, any kind of instrumental music yeah. already is going to be thrown into a category that's off the radar for a lot of people okay. immediately. Anyway. Yes. Um, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack. <clears throat> yeah, and we will. <laughs> we will and we will so. because I know you and I'm sure that we can have some very deep conversations about this. Not to change no. the subject, William yes. Hooker. Yes. But part of the reason I invited you here this evening is to find out about what you're doing. And I have heard things. I'm hearing things in the wind. People are talking around on the streets about things that you've got coming around. And is, I want to know if this is true, yeah. if you deny it, or if you're going <laughs> to confess right here, right now, live on the air to some of these activities that you have Well, what's going on? Tell is, me. What's going on, really, Wednesday? Myself and Bob Holman have put together under the auspices of the Hell's Kitchen Cultural Center, which put on a festival, the three-day festival. And that festival lasted from for three days, from 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night, a different group every hour. And it was packed. Yeah. It was packed. It was on 54th Street between 9th and 10th at a place called Prime Produce. And there was a variety of artists. I mean, it was incredible. And there were a lot of people. I made a lot of good friends. Um, and I saw people that really loved this music, improvisational music, you know, and avant-garde music, electronic music. Um, it didn't necessarily follow the uh, patterns that we necessarily grew up with, you know, like Bob and, you know, blue nut stuff. But the point is, um, they're out there. And they stayed. And they listened. And they really grew 
close to the music, the creative expression, and the vibe that is coming. I think that that's probably what I was asking you about the people that are alive that we're going to be talking about later. Yeah. So so I, I went down and talked to Bob Holman at the Bowie Poetry Club. He's a very noted poet and writer. And we put together um, a, uh, an evening. And uh, I called it Music and Poetry. And it's at the Bowie Poetry Club which is at 308 Bowery, um, and that's right across the street from where uh, the Bowie Ballroom is, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, like uh, Bleaker. Just off Bleaker. Just yeah. off Bleaker. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's from 7 o'clock. This Wednesday. Yes, this Wednesday. 7 o'clock till 10.30. Um, the people we have that are going to be doing music, Poetry, solo music, group music, separate from the poetry, and poets reading, uh, separate from the music as well, are John Pietero, Paul Geluso, Laura Feathers, David Soldier, Jer Ram Wells. Patrick Brennan, Ross Moshe, Yuko Otomo, Kevin Ramsey, Sarah Bernstein, Nora, Nori, Dave Sewelson, and myself. And this is a program, and you can see, like, how I arranged it, so you just check it out. And Mitch, you could tell me what you think about the way All it's right. arranged. All well, right, I'm, I'm because I wanted I want you to see the whole schematic of it. I think it's great. So it looks like there's a real integration of the yeah. music and the poetry together. These things come along together, and it will end with a finale. Music uh, poets uh, musicians throughout the club. And anybody that's gone to the Bowery Poetry Club knows that it's an exquisite place. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful inside. Yeah. Um, And it has a regular piano, drum set, electronics in there, stage for the the poets and all the poets and writers. And they're going to be reading their own works, all original work, and they're going to be doing things. Uh, using the poets as accompanists and the in the um, uh, using the musicians as accompanists, and the musicians are going to be doing separate sets themselves with duets and trios, and uh, that's what the evening is going to be entailed by. And uh, I'm really thankful for Hell's Kitchen Cultural Center and the Bowie Poetry Club to put this thing on. You know, yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah. I was at the. Um Festival, you were describing. This. I saw you. Yes, yes. I was. I, I can't tell you how. You know, I don't know. In our neighborhood. In our neighborhood, <laughs> Manhattan. It's funny and kind of sad to say it how how on the run music has been and venues have been in New York. How it's always been difficult, but it seems like it's just gotten harder and I think probably more expensive and. 
politically difficult, more neighborhoods becoming more residential and less friendly to this kind of thing. It was yes. great to see that in Hell's Kitchen. And also, I got to say, Bowery Poetry Club, just there's something, and Bob Holman embodies it, that, that spirit of sharing and creativity and all those beautiful things that drew us here and still draws people to be in New York. And um, so it's just a great opportunity. And if you're feeling overwhelmed by the world, as we sometimes are, this is the place to come and find that fellowship that gives you the strength to stand up to it. Wednesday night. Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I don't know when people are going to actually listen to this, but if you're with us tonight, it's this Wednesday, 308 Bowery in the East Village Bowery Poetry Club. You can go to BoweryPoetry.com to get more information. William Hooker presenting music and poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Mitch. Uh, thank you. Thank you for, for bringing it, man. We got it's a lot always of people. Great. We got a lot of people. You saw, oh, yeah, yeah, you saw that, that, that fire. And you got a couple of past uh, Deep Focus guests on there too oh excuse me yeah who, like who Come like on. ross moshe okay who was here a few months ago like david soldier who was here a few months ago that's right and you know that's a you get a lifetime of promotion of your events every deep focus guest it's it's a it's a lifetime pass well yeah so was, and, and oh. also i'm really happy about the fact that um the musicians are going to listen to spoken word and the spoken word is going to listen to the musicians. You know what? This is what I was going to say. One of the things that came out of that festival to me was it seemed like there was a lot of rubbing of shoulders, people from really divergent scenes <laughs> coming together and getting informed by one another. I think if that – and that was kind of a little bit of the magic of what made the Knitting Factory so special. That went on oh. every night. And I think there was a real uh, – kind of um, sharing and uh, mutual admiration. Maybe not all the time, every time, but um, that that would happen. And I think the more of this kind of thing that you do, the more of that we'll see. Well, well, I have a plan. I have a plan. That's all I'm going to say. I have a plan. And in, uh, in, 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 in meeting people that do different things is also part of the plan. I mean, there are a lot of people out here that are dancers, like this place is one block away from the Alvin Ailey Dance Center. You're talking about um, Prime, Produce Prime Produce on 54th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you go there and you see all these dancers. And they, they're creative people. And, and we try to incorporate what they do into our music. And, and there's a lot of writers. And they're not just poets. If people are talking about serious things, I mean serious things, because as you know, and I didn't want to bring this, I didn't want to bring you down with anything that I said. I hope I didn't, Rachel, and uh, I hope I didn't. But there's a lot going on on this earth right now, and you got to face it. I mean, or you got to at least ask questions, because. <laughs> There's some serious stuff happening, and and so I just try to, I try to balance it out. I try to balance it out, and and I I still want people to realize, it's not just this artsy fartsy thing walking around like oh you know me and my beret on, it's not just about that, 
and 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 just this con- congruence of people that we got here, they're gonna show you certain things. Have you ever listened to any Bob Holman's poetry? Oh sure. Yeah, he's great. He's great. <laughs> he creates he creates worlds. Yeah, with words. He's a remarkable, remarkable man. So, what was Sonny Chirac creating? Yeah, well. Um, I'm going to turn that question around on you, but in fairness to you, because you asked me, I will say, and it's interesting in the light of this conversation we're happening, yeah. we're having yeah. that um, you know I'm just was thinking about this that who this band was, you know, um, so I believe we're hearing Sonny Chirac with Melvin Gibbs on the bass, Veronak Loff, and Abe Speller on the drums, uh-huh. and you know Melvin was um, a couple of decades. Melvin and Firon, I think, both a couple decades younger than Sonny. Okay. Both, um, you know, anchors of that scene that was sort of emerging in Knitting Factory. They're both leading their own ensembles and playing with other people. And, you know, maybe that um, informed what Sonny was doing. And he's deriving from their energy and their language. And Abe Speller, I believe, was Uh a young drummer. Also from the community that Sonny came from in Ossining. I think he was like a a kid when Sonny met him from the neighborhood who was just beguiled by what this right. cool, crazy-looking, creative, laughing, happy, intense dude with the guitar case was going around town mm-hmm, doing, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he wanted in. And Sonny said, all right, you're in. I don't know all the details of how that relationship evolved but that was my sense about it at the time so um in answer to your question yeah i i think um you know he was drawing from that well and that uh sharing and collaboration and mutual listening and rubbing shoulders as i said that, that took place there i'm laughing why am i laughing i'm laughing because <laughs> All right, Mitch. you ask me. I, Mitch, I, I Mitch, give you. I get it. I get it. Go Mitch, ahead. Mitch. What do you think? I just, I just went, I just went to a place where I grew up. And ah. It's very similar to Ossining. Yeah. Right. So, a person that I grew up with, right? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't grow up with, but a guy that raised me. He's like a hundred and one now. Wow. Yeah, and um, the the film that I did at the, at Roulette. He was premiered in the film, as a matter of fact. He's still alive. And one thing that he said to me, I said he, I said to, no, he said to me, do you realize what was happening when you were growing up? I said, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was going to see all my friends, you know, running around in the projects and doing this and this and this, blah, 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 blah. And then... This guy, he's like 101. He says to me, Billy, you don't realize that that place was segregated? And I stopped to think about it. I stopped to think about it. I said, no, I never thought about that. He says, well, I want you to think about it. And I said, okay. So then that came to mind because... (laughs) of what you just said in the conversation you were having. Because sometimes people make you aware of something, you're kind of not in the middle of it, but it's happening like all around you. And it, 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 um, 
the music that I made was completely in contradiction to that. Totally. I mean, totally. So maybe what's happening now with some young listeners out there, they're experiencing things and they're still in this thing of like art and music. But and I, I'm not here trying to trying to wake them up in a crude way, but I want them to actually be aware of the fact of what we have experienced. Mm-hmm. And maybe even what what um Sonny Chirac experienced when he came on the guitar scene and he comes out with the kind of guitar that he's playing. Yeah. People weren't ready for that no. in itself. They just weren't ready for that. Period. And then when you look at Sonny and and you see this face and what he was into. Yeah. You could tell this dude is serious. This dude is really serious. He's not out there like trying to get ladies and he, you know, trying to get a drink. He ain't he, no. 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 He's serious business. Yes. So that's all I mean, you know, that's what hits me. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about we should we play some more music? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're here. The show's called Deep Focus. William Hooker is my guest. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. And Deep Focus airs here Monday nights. And um, we have guest comes in. Yeah. Guest chooses our topic. And we go plunging into the WKCR archives and find live unreleased recordings okay. of the artist of our guest's choice. And William has chosen Sonny Schrock for us to listen to. And we are deep in this set at the Knitting Factory, April of 1988. We're down on Houston Street, and um, we're going back in. Who's ready to go back in? What else do we need to tell the folks? could tell you who's in the band. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gibbs on the bass, we believe. Fiorona Akloff on the drums. And Abe Speller also playing drums. Sonny Chirac, of course, playing the guitar. And as soon as we can get this little monster to our engineers working very feverishly right now, our very dedicated, hardworking engineer is going to get this machine to, uh, it's an old, um, it's an old analog machine. It's a old eight track machine, pulled it out of a 1968 Chevy, but it's going to work. It's going to do it. That's good feeling about this. Gotta ask the ages. We have a theme. We have a theme tonight, thanks to Sonny Chirac. All right, here we go. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. I don't think you're ready for this. We're still asking. Oh, oh, yeah.
There you go. What do I think? <laughs> what do you think? Mitch. I got to say this. I got to say this. Yes. Would you play that record one more time? <laughs> you want to hear that track again? Yes, I want to hear that track. You want to hear one that more track time. again? I want to hear that track. I, are you ready? That is some serious <laughs> stuff. You hear what you hear what this cat is playing in that? <laughs> That's some crazy stuff. Tell us what are you hearing? What are you oh hearing? Oh my god. First of all, oh well, you put it you got to put it on something. Unless you're going to play it again. Play it again, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll play it again, but play I want to hear. I want to hear. Tell, tell I'll tell, us you, I'll tell what... you after I hear it one more time. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm completing my thought pattern. Okay. All right. Go on, man. Oh, yes.
Okay. You know, William, in the old days... Okay, okay, yeah. When uh, they would have an encore, it was literally... We'd play a, just play a song again. Yeah. You know, now we'd say an encore, the band comes and does another song. In the old days, it was, play that one again that we loved so much. That was, I think, encore in French meaning again. And um, so we just gave Sonny Chirac an encore. You did that. You did that. You did that. Demanded an encore. And you got it. So now what, do you, what are we hearing there, man? What are you feeling? What are you getting? I'm feeling Afrofuturism. Mm, yeah. Go on. Unpack that a little bit for us. What are you? I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that because it's, it's just... It's something that I know because I've played it and I know it. And it's also something I still hear some music, some people yelling. Oh, background. yeah. Turn them off. All right. Unless I can think my thoughts. I I, I, I got to say, I'm, I, I, maybe it's because somebody mentioned to me somewhere along the line, Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not really... I mean, all I know is I'm feeling that because I know that that particular rhythm and that drive and that 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 funk. I mean, I mean seriously. And this is like four people. This is not like it's just it's just a force. It's a driving force, and it and it's like a and and then and then. Sonny takes it to another place when he gets into the electronics of it. He gets into another another zone because because it's almost as if he's just he's just building this monster that's that's peacefully coming through the valley, but the monster is just so gigantic that like it's just driving you right down and I could I could feel it I could feel it and that's what really makes me makes me a happy man it really makes me a happy man it does I you know you know it, it makes me want to dance it's great it's yeah. great and and you know and knowing and knowing that that he did this and knowing that um like like you know, we we are a part of something that has evolved out of this, and we are this. Uh, it just it, it's a, it's a good feeling. Yes, it's a good feeling, and and every time you hear the feeling, you want to grab it. You want to grab hold. You just want to just yeah. like fly yeah. with it. I agree completely. I'm getting all that, and um, you know, it's kind of bringing him back for me. You know, we did. I told you we spent a lot of time together. I spent a lot of time with him. And um, he, there was, we went through crazy stuff. I remember, you know, road trips and, you know, car breaking down on the highway in the middle of no place and, you know, in Europe together and, you know, right. things that would go on. I don't have to tell you about this stuff, but. No, but you do want it. I, wanted, I well, want you to tell me about I'll tell this you stuff. this. I'll tell you this, that the crazier things got yeah. and the more difficult and uncomfortable things got yeah. on the road which inevitably happens somewhere along the line <laughs> with every tour yeah and especially you know on the scale that we were working we didn't wasn't grand you know coach touring it was i say like you know like tour coach was like you know more the vans and that kind of thing yeah 
And the worse it got, the louder Sonny laughed and the more filthily he cursed. <laughs> and, and the more crap he gave me with the biggest, warmest, most genuine grin. I mean, he, there was something about his perception that was, you know, more unavoidably real and truthful than what somebody else might say. Uh huh. But at the same time, incredibly generous of spirit of you know, allowing for what would happen. You know, I mean, I just, I'm thinking about a couple of particular instances where there was some real, real hardship getting yeah. through, you know? Yeah. And yeah. He, I get it. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, or I'll tell you, you want to hear a story? I'll tell you one little story. Um, there was, uh, there was a show when. Who was playing number one? So I'm remembering a show in Germany. Okay. Um, with Shannon Jackson and the okay. Decoding Society. And we were doing this festival, and um, we um, we did our sound check. Yes. And when we came back, they, you know, they took us to have dinner. We came back, and there was um, the whole sound system had basically been reset, and our sound check was, was like that band <laughs> going on stage with no sound check. Okay. And that band really needed relied on monitors and mix it was a very complicated sound a lot going on a lot of music on stage and i was uh i was doing the sound and it was it was a very tough situation <laughs> you were doing the sound okay, yeah go on. and um you know i did the best i could with the circumstances at hand and sunny sunny was on the bill and he I, I I took a I took a lot of heat for that show that night, and it really I I'll just say that. And I remember walking out and just thinking, you know, the, I just wanted to be away from the whole situation. I remember walking out of this venue, this big venue, walking out onto this loading dock, and Sonny followed me out. He was the only okay. one who followed me out, and he we had a talk, you know, and he was. He he saw what was going on, and he saw me, and he responded to the situation. And uh, without going into too much detail, but um, for years after that, yeah, every time I would see him, I could walk into the knitting factory in the middle of a set. Yeah, if Sonny saw me walk in, he would in the middle of a solo, he'd say, "Mitch, turn up the drums." Turn up, you know, put a little reverb on it, you know, and like start crackling from the stage. Yes. You know, like kind of playfully giving me a hard time about it. Yeah. And, you know, there was just something. I, I, I don't feel like I'm quite doing justice to this story and to Sonny that this kind of uh, warmth and savage humor that came through him. Um, there was a lot of love behind it. And at the same time, a lot of acknowledging you know, the reality of the situation in a way that not other people didn't see. I see. I hear you. I don't think I did a good job of explaining that. <laughs> but, 
but <laughs> I get you. You know, I get you. He 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 was uh, one of a kind. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about his history as to who he studied when he was coming up as a child, or why he wound up in the um, uh, the 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 extreme electric situation that he found himself in. Yeah, I don't know all the details of that either, other than to say what he said, that he he never aspired to, you know, I don't think he had that very common story that a lot of guitar players, oh, you know, I heard Wes Montgomery and I studied that and then I heard, you know, Grant Green was my guy and then, you know, I got in the sway of such and such. He did not live in that. He had this thing in his hands and he just wanted to play the saxophone with was it. He bo- was he born in Ossining? Yeah, I think he grew, he grew up there. Yes, his people were there. And lived there all of his life? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. As far oh. as I know. Um, I think he went to high school there and everything. I don't mm-hmm, know. He mm-hmm. probably, maybe he lived in the city at a certain point, but when I met him in 84, 85, he was living up there. But that's pretty close to, uh, that's kind of close to Manhattan, isn't it? Or I, I want to say know. it's an hour up there. I oh, that's not, that's not bad. Yeah, no, no, it's not like way upstate. It's you know, in Westchester That's not County. bad. That's yeah. not bad. That's, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, there are other people that have come m- much farther places. And But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just really astounded about the fact that he has a, he has a push to his music and he has a, uh, I won't say an openness, it's just tight. It's just tight. But that's with this, that, well, that's with this particular group. And um, and you know I, I really I really feel a lot of joy in it. I, I really cannot feel agree a lot more, of joy yeah. in it. I do. I really do. You know. Yeah. Whatever else was going on in the world when he took to the stage and he had that guitar in his hand, especially he had a a band. He pretty much almost always had a terrific band. He he soared. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? What do you what What do you got for yeah, me? What no, questions I'm, you got for me? What questions do I have for you? Yeah, well, I know you do. <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, in the perspective of you as particularly as a, you know, as a band leader and as a presenter of your craft. Okay. And you know, but you're you're telling me what you get from him from that. Um I started very early. I started very early, and 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 uh, I probably have told people this. I mean, you know, when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I was I was I, I was learning the fake book. I was learning yeah. the fake book as well as like studying political science and sociology, at the same time. I mean, that put me through school, and, and I mean, but the point was, it's just that, you know, you go through all of these times, and then a, a friend. Like my East Third Street friend would say, I got to turn you on to something. Yeah. Because he knew something was missing. And he probably knew I could handle it, even though I didn't know I could handle it. Yeah. And, you know, and so I'm coming from a place that's very similar to like, I would think probably like an asening. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. Yeah, you know, and, and so you go into this situation and all of a sudden your your perception of music has changed. Uh, your perception of of, um, of of the way different people play has changed. You, you know, like a lot of things, a lot of things I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up with because I I was in a a, a suburban situation. 
You know, and it wasn't like, you know, me going to East 3rd Street to see him at Slugs, that was a big deal. That was a big deal for me. That wasn't like, oh, let's go down to Vanguard and just, you know, have a sit up in the, you know, kids' booth. No, I couldn't do that. No, you were, that, I mean, yeah. Talk about Slugs 1968. That was, you were on the front lines, man. That, that was, was hardcore. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, no, I didn't realize that. I didn't, I didn't know that was hardcore. I didn't know it was hardcore. But maybe like you all you have is maybe one or two friends that understand where you're coming from and they and they feel something maybe I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's destiny. And maybe that's what happened. And maybe that's what happened to him in terms of why does he play like that? I mean, think about it. Because I mean, I would think that if you played like that and you were in Ossining, they probably would like say, Never hire this cat ever. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as I know... If you were an Austining, Right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny. I grew up with a guy who was a very accomplished guitar player at a young age who lived in Austining. Family moved to Austining when we were kids. But um, as far as I know, Sonny Chirac emerged fully formed. I'm sure there's a story behind that that I don't know. Oh, there has to be. And... When I met him, I knew those records that he had made in the 60s, early 70s, and I was enthralled with his music, and nobody sounded like him. Uh, but, you know, he he was a tone meister. You know, he just had that perfect That's sound. That's what I'm telling you I was reading. That's what I'm telling you I was reading. Everything that you're saying right now, they said it like in a, to the nth degree. I'm telling you, yeah. that's that's why I came up with that question I was talking about. Because they're saying exactly what you're saying. I mean, really, literally. And, and, and you know, it, it was crazy. It was crazy what I was reading this afternoon. It was literally crazy. Boy, now you're making me feel like I should have done my homework. No, no, no. You, <laughs> no, the point is, the point is... <sighs> It, it 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 brought me it it brought me to ask certain questions that they were asking already. I wasn't the first person to ask these questions. They were asking those questions themselves, in in on paper in in a book. It was crazy what huh. I was reading. Yeah, you know right. Donna was reading out of this out of this. She looked them up and all of a sudden she said, "What is this? Blah blah blah. What is this?" And they, and they're they're like they're talking about this situation and. You know, where he stands in this music and why is this? They're asking a lot of whys. Mm. And so, so, you know, that's kind of why I brought that up. But but the thing, another thing that kind of kills me is the fact that um, he stays in the funk sometimes, but he's not, he's not in the funk. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not really playing any idiom he's always playing Sonny Chirac even when he's got the band referencing that that idiom or whichever groove it might be that's right yeah you're 100% right about that you know and that's that's that drives a band that drives a band I mean um I had a band called the the um Avant-garde funk band. Hmm. That was the name of the band? Yeah, we played at Lincoln Center. Oh. Yeah, played at Lincoln Center. And um, we played quite a few places, actually. 
And I'll never forget that because when that band came on, I mean, I'm telling you, man, we had an electric violin, we had an electric bass, electric guitar, conga player, um, two a guitar, uh, bass. It was like that. And you, you've been in the atrium, in the atrium yeah. a few times. Mm-hmm. And you know they got all in there now. They got like burnt sugar. Right, yeah. This was like that. Huh. What years are we talking? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not good at that. <laughs> a while <laughs> I'm ago. Good. I'm not good at that. You're talking about a while ago. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I got to say. I got to yeah. say. But the point was, when that band hit, it was on. It was on. And that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling from Sonny Chirac here. Because I'm feeling this thing of like, there's this there's this muscle behind the funk. Yeah. yeah, there is. But he but he's he's all up on it. All up all up all up in the ceiling. And 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 the, I I can't understand it. Um if I were a guitarist maybe I'd be able to understand a little bit better as to what he's using in with his tools right. that he has in his toolkit. Um or what kind of guitar he's playing. I really have no idea. I don't know about guitar. Yeah. Um uh, but I will say that the main thing I get from it is the fact that he has a unity about that driving spirit that is something that it's it, it it's I, I won't even I I can't I don't want to categorize it I don't want to I don't want to no it's it's it. kind of beyond words and that's there's nothing wrong with saying that yeah you know it was I'll also take the opportunity to say it's a it's a great the whole band is great. The band really has a sound. Okay. Which is saying a thing unto itself. You know, I mean, on basic form, it's a guitar power trio, which, you know, swing a cat over your head and you're going to hit seven of them in 1988 in New York. And yet, given that, this band has unmistakably got its own signature. Yeah. And there's a kind of, um, I don't know, consciousness that comes through from um, from Melvin Gibbs and Farron Akhlaf and Abe Speller that um, is is reaching beyond, and I think that's what part of what allows Sonny Chirac to go to those places he goes. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Now, a question. All right, now we've got this other piece you gave me. Okay, so, it's yeah. 1990. What are we going to play next is the question we've got. We have, we have a, what you don't know, Yes. We have a whole nother set from the Knitting Factory. We could just keep going with no, that. No, don't do that. I'm don't perfectly do that. okay with don't that. Don't do that. Do, 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 I want to, because I want to see, I want to see what this, how this works. Like this. Um, Bremen? Bremen? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Where, where is that? Let's go to like, Bremen. All right. Good. All right. Good, good. So, yeah, this is about almost exactly two years later, almost to the day. And we are in Bremen, Germany, and this is, um, I did a little research. Another thing, yes. Mitch. Yes. Where was, where was, um, where was Linda Chirac when all this was happening? Okay, so they, uh, okay. Sonny, Linda had been Sonny's wife, she's a vocalist, and yeah. they were divorced before I met him, I want to say oh, early seventies, they uh-huh. parted ways. I didn't know. And she was living 
in Europe and I think still performing to some extent, wasn't so visible on the New York scene. Um, in fact, she was uh, pretty much off the scene for many years until she appeared in a concert at BAM with Archie Shep last year, which I was at. What? Yeah, but they had very separate... No yeah, go. Uh, her career and his went... Uh, Two different ways. Two different ways, yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that because I had this record at home I couldn't find. I was going to bring, but but maybe you wouldn't have played it anyway. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> All right. I never. It. I didn't get to tell you. I was going to tell you off mic why why we do what we do. I sort All of started right. to. All right. I didn't finish. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter because you, you had the thing. All right, but uh, it's called Black Woman. Yes. Remember that yeah, one? yeah, sure. I remember. I had it. I had it, and I was looking for it, looking for the tape. I was looking for the tape for it, and I said, oh, maybe I can bring this up to Mitch until you told me what your alternative was. But I, I was just asking that question. Yeah. But, um, okay. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Okay. Uh, so we are going to go to Bremen, April of 1990. And the band now is uh, uh -huh. almost the same. Uh, Melvin Gibbs is back on the bass. Abe Speller's back on drums. We've got Lance Carter replacing Fironak Loff as drummer. And uh, we've also got Dave Snyder on keyboard. So with keyboards brings another kind of flavor to it. Mm -hmm. um, and we are just setting this up. Setting them up and knocking them down. That is... Part two from this podcast, this radio show first, on Monday, February 5th, 2024, William Hooker, my guest, Sonny Chirac, our topic, and that was part two of three parts. If you really want to be absolute about this show, listen Monday nights at six. That's when it airs in WKCR. If you're in New York, then definitely tune us in at 89.9 FM. We're there every other Monday, and then we bring it to you here on the podcast, and you're, you're along for the ride. Make sure you are subscribed. It's Deep Focus. It's on your favorite podcasting app, and I will see you over at part three. Once again, February 5th, 2024, William Hooker on Deep Focus on the topic of the marvelous Sonny Chirac.